Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. So Exodus 2 and verse 10. And the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses because, she said, because I drew him out of the water. It's the very beginning of this young man's life. She called him Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. Exodus 3, verses 10 through 14. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. This is God speaking to Moses. I will send you that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. So he said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and I say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me. I am has sent me to you. I'd like to start a three-part series today entitled The You Code. The You Code. And I believe God's going to minister to some lives in the next few minutes, in the next couple of Sundays. God's going to do some great things. Father, I just ask that you would move today powerfully, that you would have your way. I pray, God, that you would awaken us to the calling and destiny that's on our lives so we can walk in it faithfully, see your will done, and see your kingdom come on earth as it is on heaven. Let it be that way, Father, as we yield and submit to you. And we give you praise for this all in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe God has placed a calling on everybody in this room. And by calling, I mean there's something you are meant to do. It's something only you can do. He's called you specifically, individually, exclusively he's called you to do something and not only has he called you he's gifted you to accomplish your calling god has placed within you talents abilities strengths he's shaped you molded and made you through experiences that have given you a unique perspective a point of view that will help you fulfill your calling. Your gifts match your calling. You are tailor-made by a 
master designer to accomplish what he's called you to do. He's perfectly equipped you to succeed in your calling. In Psalm 139, 16, David said, You knew all of my days before one of them came to pass. Isaiah 44, 2 says, I formed you in the womb. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I called you to be a prophet. And today, we're going to look at Moses. And I hope to convince you today and in this series that God has called you and equipped you to do something unique in this world, something special, something that only you can do. And, and, and here's the deal about his call and his gifts. If he's ever given them to you, he doesn't take them back. Romans eleven twenty nine says, The gifts and calling of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable, one translation says. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a masterpiece. You are one of a kind, wired, programmed to do something for God. There is a code embedded in you. It's part of who you are. It's in your spiritual DNA. It's what I call the you code. It's what makes you who you are and able to do what God's called you to do. And only as the you code in you is activated can you live a life that's filled with purpose and meaning. And, and my goal in this series, again, is to help get that you code activated in your life. Now, in the first chapter of the book of Exodus, it's fascinating to me, we find a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph, a Pharaoh who persecuted the children of Israel. God told Abraham some 500 years earlier that the children of Israel would spend 400 years in the land of Egypt, and then God would bring them out with great power. The first half of their time in Egypt had been a time of incredible blessing because of Joseph. But the Pharaoh in Exodus 1 did not know Joseph. He did not acknowledge Joseph's contributions to the wealth and power of Egypt, nor did he appreciate that. And so out of fear, he oppressed the children of Israel. He beat them down. So for the last half of their time in Egypt, the children of Israel cried out to God for mercy and for deliverance. And as that prophetic timeline began to wind down and, and the end of the 400 years drew near, under a heavy satanic influence, Pharaoh began killing off all the little baby boys born to Israelite families. The natural reasoning was to stem the population growth, but the underlying reason was demonic. If there's a deliverance prophesied, then there's certain to be a deliverer. And the devil was doing all he knew to prevent one of the sons of Abraham from rising up to deliver Israel. Really, this was a continuation of the warfare between the seed of the woman and the serpent. This was an attempt to kill the seed of the woman. And it was madness. It was sinister, sadistic, savage. I mean, this was murder, infanticide. Little babies ripped from their mother's arms. And as this plan was implemented, the cry for deliverance reached an epic tipping point. 
And it was at about this time that a couple, Amram and Jochebed, had a bouncing baby boy. And they hid him for three months, as long as they could. And when the Egyptian soldiers came through their neighborhood, listening for the cries of little babies, this brave couple did something extraordinary. They made a little ark out of bulrushes and and tar and, and, and put their little baby boy in it and floated him down the Nile and sent his older sister Miriam uh, to follow the ark from the bank and to keep a sharp eye for where it went. And wouldn't you know it, you know the story, this little ark floated right up to the daughter of this particular Pharaoh who was so menacing. And, and she was taking a bath in the Nile and was immediately smitten by this little Jewish baby boy. She brought him back to her palace, and through Miriam, she ended up hiring a Jewish mother to nurse the little baby boy. And the lady she hired was Jochebed, Moses' own mother. And while the princess decided to raise the boy as if, uh, uh, and, and while the princess decided to raise the boy uh, as if he were her own, making him a prince in Egypt, essentially, when she did this, she gave him that name, Moses, which means drawn out of the water. Because I drew him out of the water, she named him Moses. Now Moses would spend the next 40 years in Egypt, growing up, living his life, learning all things Egyptian, a prince of Egypt, a pharaoh in training, but he had something else in his spiritual DNA, a destiny, a calling, the U-code, that was more powerful to Moses than the surroundings that he had grown up in. People didn't see it on the inside of him, but it was very real. And for the next, for 40 years, those spiritual genes had been dormant, recessive in him. But they were about to mutate and dominate his life. Everything was about to change. Can I tell you right now, I believe there are people under the sound of my voice today. There's a U-code in you. There are callings in you, giftings in this house. There's destiny in this house. And, and people look at you on the outside, and they have no idea what's deep down on the inside. But God does. He put it in you. There's more to you than what people see on the outside. There's something different about you. You know it. There's something great on the inside, a calling, a destiny. And, and maybe, may, let me suggest a couple of things to you. Maybe that's God trying to tell you, you need to go ahead and step out and start that business. Maybe it's God telling you, you need to go back to college. You need to finish up that degree. Maybe you need to preach the gospel. Maybe God's called you to plant that church or to be a missionary. Maybe God wants you to reach that nation or adopt that child or start that campus ministry or write that book or write those songs or record that album. It's in your U-code. It's in your U-code. It may have been dormant, maybe even for years, but it's starting to wake up, I believe, Ephesians 5.14 says it's high time to awaken out of your sleep. You need to start to realize there's more to, to my life than what you see on the outside. I've been called to more, y'all. I'm bigger than what you see on the outside. There's something big on the inside of me. 
Moses had been asleep for 40 years. Think about that. 40 years. And then he woke up. The U-code was activated. The recessive became dominant. Let me tell you something. The devil is a liar. It's never too late to step into the calling that he's put on the inside of you. You could have said to Moses, you missed your moment, son. I mean, you should have done this when you were 15, 16, 20, 25. You're 40 years old, son. I'll never forget when I turned 30 years of age. Way back all those years ago, because I'm old as dirt, right? Way back, stop it, yeah. All those years ago, all those years ago, when I turned 30, I went to my high school auditorium, to the actual, to the football, uh, to the football stadium, and I walked to the top airline high school, Bossier City, Viking Drive. I went up to that high school, went to the top of the stadium, and I cried, and I said, God, I wasted my life. I'm 30 years old. I haven't done anything for you. I've missed my moment. And the Lord began to talk to me. No, you haven't. There's a whole lifetime set in front of you, Donovan. You can do more in these last years than you did in those first 30. I'm so grateful I woke up that t- at that time. And those genes, that you, that you code came alive in me. And I began to follow after the Lord. It's never too late. You may have blown it. You may have made mistakes. We'll look at that in Moses' life. But it's never too late to rise up and say yes to the programming that God has put inside of you. You can live that dream. It's never too late. You were made to do more. Now listen to this. Even though his U-code had been dormant for 40 years, there were hints that it was in there all along. This, this blows my mind. Let me give you a few of these. This is, this is powerful. First of all, his parents were so brave. And, and Moses ended up being so brave. That wasn't by accident. Now some, some of us, you know, our parents didn't do what Amram and Jochebed did. That's okay, we can be born again, right? But I don't want to underestimate the incredible impact that we as parents have on our children. We need to emphasize that. You can push your kids towards Jesus, or you can push them away from Jesus. Whether you realize it or not, you're putting something in your kid's spiritual DNA. It's not just what you're saying to them. It's how you're living out your faith or not in front of them. You can give your kids a leg up, an advantage, even though they have their own code, their own U-code. You can still influence them to yield to it, to that U-code, to walk in it, to trust in Jesus, to live out loud for Him, to base the decisions of their life on their walk with God. You can influence them to say yes to the U-code that God's put on the inside of them. I heard a story that's fascinating. In the spring of 1943, during World War II, Sam Latrenti was in a line of soldiers at Camp Grant, Illinois. He was just 18 years of age. The line of soldiers was waiting as a truck slowly drove by, and a full field pack was randomly tossed to each soldier. These were old packs that they were using for training. Sam was thrown a pack, and he began to look at it, 
And he noticed on the pack was the name Latrenti. And he thought, wow, this is strange. How did they know this was me? They were just randomly throwing them out. Nobody else had a pack with their name on it. But the truth of what happened was this. Against all odds, Sam was tossed a field pack from World War I that had belonged to his father. Isn't that a great story? Let me tell you something. Parents, your pack will be passed down to your children. Make sure you pack it well. I mean, put some love for the things of God in there. Put some humility in there. Put a tender, pliable heart in there. Put prayer and the Word and the Spirit in there. Put commitment in there. Love and kindness and compassion and sacrifice and courage. Put it in that pack. Let your children get that. From you. In a sense, that's what Amram and Jochebed did for Moses. They were brave, and we see where he was very brave. The second thing I see is that Amram and Jochebed recognized the touch of God that was on Moses' life. This is cool. Hebrews 11 23 says that God looked at Moses and saw that he was beautiful. God looked at him. And said, wow, you are beautiful. And in Acts 7, 20 through 21, it says that Amram and Jochebed looked at Moses and they thought the same thing. Wow, Moses, you are beautiful. Now, that means more than he was just good looking. You see, when I was born, my parents looked at me and the doctors and nurses too. And they said, wow, he is beautiful. What is his name? This kid is beautiful. You know, uh, the day I was born... All the doctors gathered round, you know. They said, I was bad to the bone. You know what I mean, right? They said, he's beautiful and he's bad to the bone. Well, here's the deal. This, this doesn't mean that, that he was just good looking, right? But what it means is, 1 Samuel 16, 7, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. There was something on the inside of him in his spirit that was beautiful. It was the U code. And his parents saw in Moses what God saw in Moses. I love that. When you look at your kid, don't just look at their outward appearance, what's on the inside of them. There are callings. There are giftings. There is destiny on the inside of them. You need to fan that flame. Honey, you need to do that. God's put that in your heart. That's something that you need to pursue. You need to go for that. Don't hold them back. Push them forward. And I might say this, when you put your kid on restriction, when you ground your kid, that's a good thing to do. But don't ground them from church stuff. Can I be a practical pastor right now? You're like, you can't go out, you can't have fun, you can't see your friends, which means you can't go to church. No, 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 no. You're restricted. You can't go out to eat, but you need to go to church. By God, you need to go to church. You need to go up to that front and pray through, son. You need... Can somebody, you know what I'm talking about. Can I get an amen? What would happen if we started looking beyond the exterior into the heart of our brothers and sisters around us? And instead of trying to shut down the spiritual initiative that we see, we started fanning the flame and say, maybe that's something God's put in you. Maybe that's something you ought to do. Now, I don't want to draw attention 
I know he hates this, and but I'm going to do it anyway. Brother Milton Lede, like I heard a story about you. You don't know about this, but my son-in-law walked in a Starbucks, and you were teaching a Bible study to somebody. And Brendan told me about it. I love that. There's a gifting. There, there's a calling on the inside of Milton Lede to reach out to people. You know what I do? I fan that flame. I celebrate that. You go in Jesus' name. My prayers are with you. My blessing is with you. You go out there and do what you do. Nobody can do what you do. You do what you do. God's called you to that. Fan that flame. Yesterday in our, our life group, we have a, a life group on Saturday mornings on health and healing. It's pretty cool. We have a good time with that. And at the end of it, we were talking about the Fall Fest. And Miss Ann right here, she grinned. She said, you know what the Fall Fest means for me? I said, what? She said, I'm going to be serving chili dogs because she's on our serving team and she does it right. That's something God's put in her heart to serve, to help, to bless. What a gifting. What a call. I celebrate that. You go in Jesus' name. My, my, my blessing is with you in Jesus' name. What has God put on the inside of you? You need to stir up that gift in Jesus' name. God's put something on the inside of you. If we could all tap into the U-code and get it activated and dominating in this house, there would be a revival that would shake this parish, that would shake East Baton Rouge and all the surrounding parishes in Jesus' name. Now, third thing I noticed as a kid, this is so cool. Moses was brought out of the water. He, He was saved by way of the water. And he was named based on his experience in the water. And thus began his journey into his destiny. Eighty years later, he would lead an entire nation out of the water to salvation through the water. He would lead an entire nation into their destiny. One of the meaning, one of the meanings for the name Hebrew, one of the meanings for the name Hebrew is water crosser. He turned them all into people who went through the water. Now, I, I would be remiss if I did not say this. Your U code also has destined you to go through the water. It's called the waters of baptism. And there is a name attached to your water baptism. But it's not yours. It's the name above all names. That the name of Jesus is the name we bow before. And and your water baptism will not only get you on the road to fulfill your destiny down here. But Peter said it. This salvation, this saving comes through the water. There is a... Another place, there is a promised land that we're going to, and we will go through the water. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, we have water over here that is ready. You can go down one way and come up totally different and activate your U-code in Jesus' name. Little did Amram, this is what's so amazing to me, little did Amram and Jochebed know at the time when they made the decision, hey, let's build a little a little ark of bulrushes and let's put some tar on the inside and the outside and let's put our baby boy in and pray over him and send him out in the Nile and Miriam you go f-. little did they know that that little plan that little plan of theirs would, would end up being connected 
to his name and to his destiny, to his U code. Little did they know that this Egyptian princess, she had no idea the significance of the water and calling him Moses. But in God's providence, the confluence of the bravery of the parents, the Nile and the current of the Nile, the being brought out of the water by the princes, his name, all of that pointed to his destiny and to his U-code. Can I tell you, God is an efficient God. He does not let anything you've gone through go to waste. Even when it looks as if you went through this great loss, it's not just a loss, it's really a learning experience. God doesn't waste anything of what you've gone through. You either win or you learn. Because God knows how to turn losses into learning experiences and eventually into wins. You may not have understood why certain things happened to you. Why you went through what you went through. Maybe you went through some loss, separation, divorce, bankruptcy, trauma, Trials, difficulties, troubles, losses. Could it be perhaps that God was preparing you and pointing you towards what God had already placed on the inside of you? The code, the key to your destiny. And God will use all of that and bring it together and say, you see, I can use that in your life and in your calling. When Moses was telling them, I just thought about this as I was preparing this. He held that stick over the Red Sea. He had to think about it. He had to be, because the east wind blew all night long. He had to think about it. We're going to walk through water to safety. I know something about that. All my life. I didn't understand why I had this weird name drawn out of the water. But we are about to be saved going through the water. God put, if God could do that for Moses, what has he done for you? How has he prepared you? Amen. At 40 years of age, Moses saw an Egyptian oppressing an Israelite, and that U code started to activate. He knew he had to do something. He felt an itch in his spirit, and he tried to scratch it. But he got it all wrong. He ended up killing an Egyptian. It was a big mistake. Maybe your life has been filled with you trying to fix problems, not exactly knowing how to fix them. You've just gone about some things the wrong way. But maybe some of your mistakes were just because you weren't sure what to do with that code. God put Moses in a place of learning and relearning. And for another 40 years, when, when Moses finally turned 80, It seemed as if he was ready. And God began to talk to him from a burning bush about how he would lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He would get the law on Sinai. Listen, Moses would write the first five books in your Bible. What was that? He was called to do it. He had been set up to do it. He had been gifted to do it. He was important. I mean, the Lord had to secretly bury his body so that he would not become an idol to humanity. That's how important he was. Satan had to be kept at bay by Michael 
over the body of Moses. That's how important Moses was. But he had missed so much. He had messed up so much. But after he, when, when, when that U-code was activated and he was trained and ready, God began to talk to him. Moses would speak with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. As we've been studying on Wednesday nights, the book of Revelation, some believe that Moses is one of the two witnesses that will come back during the reign of the Antichrist. I believe God's trying to get somebody's attention today. Hey, you need to take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. I am trying to speak to the U-code that is in you and activate it and get you to do what you were born to do. Amen? Stand with me right now. Wilma Rudolph was the 20th of 22 children. I thought Morton Bustard was bad, you know. He was the 19th or 18th of 19 or 19th of 19. He was the 19th of 19. Well, Wilma Rudolph was the 20th of 22 children. She was born prematurely on June 23rd, 1940, in St. Bethlehem, Tennessee. She weighed four and a half pounds. The bulk of her childhood was spent in bed. She suffered from double pneumonia, scarlet fever, and later she got polio. After losing the use of her leg, her left leg, she was fitted with metal leg braces when she was six years old. At the age of nine, she removed the metal leg brace and began to walk without it. By the age of 13, she had developed a rhythmic walk, which doctors said was something of a miracle. That same year, she decided she wanted to run. She wanted to run in races. She entered her first race and came in last place. For the next few years, every race she entered, she came in last place. Everyone told her to quit, but something inside of her told her to keep running. One day, she actually won a race, and then she won another, and then she won another, and then she won yet another. Eventually, this little girl was told, this little girl who had been told she will never walk again, went on to win three Olympic gold medals in track. At the 1960 Rome Olympics, Wilma Rudolph became known as the fastest woman in the world. She was the first American woman to win three gold medals in one Olympics. She won the 100 and 200 meter races and anchored the U.S. team to victory in the 400 meter relay, breaking records all along the way. Wilma Rudolph once said, My mother taught me very early to believe that I could achieve any accomplishment I wanted to. The first one was to walk without braces. Now I'm telling you, there's somebody in this house today. The first thing you need to do is not win the race. You just need to start facing the right direction. And you just need to start creeping along as best you can. Because I know a God who will teach you and train you and activate that code on the inside of you that maybe has been recessive and turn it into a dominant gene to start forcing and moving you in the way that you should go. And I'm telling you, He will get you across the finish line. You just need to start 
taking off those braces. What has God put on the inside of you? What has God called you to do? Hallelujah. There's destiny in this house. There's calling in this house. There are world changers in this house. There's more than just go to Sunday meeting type people in this house. There's stuff on the inside that God's wanting to activate. It's the U code. It belongs to you. Can you lift your hands? Just close your eyes. Lift your hands to them right now all across this house. Father, in Jesus' name, you place stuff on the inside of us. You place stuff on the inside of us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.